Could we stand up and just pray and welcome the Spirit of God today as we learn about Him? Father God, I thank you for today. I thank you that you are doing something right here today, that you want to move today in the hearts and minds of the people here, that you want to bring healing here to our nation. Please just guide us, lead us, and guide me as I share the word of God to, the, to everybody here. Let us experience you today and know you in a deeper way. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So I have one job today. I hope today I can inspire you. It's kind of dangerous to have a pastor from outside or somebody from outside come and proclaim something, but that's what I'm going to do today. And the only reason I can do this is because I was born here. You guys are my family too. I was born right here in this room. God filled me with his spirit. He lifted me up out of my mess. And so I also know that even if I make a mess today, that you guys have amazing leaders here to clean it up. <laughs> you know? You, you have Jody, who is the most spirit-driven, spirit-filled leader I have ever met. You have Ira, who is a pastor of pastors, who disciples people with passion that, that raised me up, and he can raise you up too. You have Angela, you have Vicky who has compassion, you have Kule and Doug who just will love on you beyond measure. You have Brenda who will pray and pray and pray and you don't even know she's praying for you and she is. You have so many people here. So I can say what the Holy Spirit, what God is leading me to say today and I don't even have to worry because I know that you guys are taken care of. So today... I just want to read and focus on really one main verse today. It's this verse. It's in 2 Chronicles 7, 14. It says this, If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven. I will forgive their sin and I will heal their land. You know, I look around, I, I'm connected to everybody by Facebook and everything else, I get to see the news, and the Philippines is a broken land, but we're a broken land too, right here. And I know that we have so much going on and so much hopelessness. You know, that's, that's what I hear and that's what I see a lot of, is hopelessness, and there's so many different problems that we focus on and so many different things that we look to to fill those things and to fix it. But God gives the formula right here. It's right here. You know, Solomon was just finished with his temple. He built the temple to the Lord and he dedicated it to God. And then God met him and said, guess what? When... I send you plagues. When I send you famine, when things are hopeless, when you experience loss, we've experienced a lot of loss here lately. I know you guys have. I have. We experience a lot of loss. He doesn't say if, he says when. When I send that to you, 
It kind of is hard to understand or to imagine a God who would send loss to you, but he does it for a reason. And the reason is so that you will turn to him. The reason is so you will look to him. The reason is so that you can get to this point in this verse where you humble yourselves, where you seek his face, where you turn from your wicked ways and you look at him. And there's so much hope in that. I don't want today to be a day where you look and you f- like find more hopelessness because that's not today. Today is a day filled with hope. I want to proclaim that to you today. And he says, not the world, but if my people, if my people, that means you guys, that means the church, that means us. Guess what, guys? If we want our nation healed, it's going to happen through us right here through the church, if my people will humble themselves. Not the government, not the sports people, not the athletes, not Donald Trump, not Hillary Clinton, none of these people. God isn't waiting for these people to put in new economic reform or a new immigration policy or anything like that. He is waiting for us to humble ourselves, to seek his face and to turn from our wickedness to him. You're like, oh, well, that's, that's sinners, right? That he's waiting for. That's them. But that's not what he says. That's us. If my people, if the church will humble themselves, seek him and turn from our wicked ways, then what? He will hear us from heaven and heal our land. Amazing. Amazing. I just can't even believe it. That us, we have so much power that God is looking to us to humble ourselves, seek him, then he will heal our land. Then he will heal our land. He says this in 1 John 4, 4. Little children, he's talking to us again, you are from God and have overcome them. For he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. Can you remember that today? Can you remember that the God who's put his spirit in you, the creator of the universe, the God who made everything, the God who put the stars into motion, that put the planets to circle around them, the God that put everything in place is in you. And he is greater than anything else. He's greater than anything that's in the world. He is greater than anything But it says, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, he will hear our land. What, what does that even look like for us to humble ourselves and seek him? I don't think it looks like what we do on Facebook. I don't think it looks like those things. I hear so many arguments. I see so many things. And we're so focused on things that don't matter, right? And I'm not trying to criticize anybody, but just say that there's so many things that do matter 
And the enemy tries to distract you. The enemy of your souls tries to get you focused on things that don't matter. Why are we arguing about some guy who sat during a song? I'm not trying to be disrespectful to anything either. It's a beautiful song for a country that God wants to heal. But that's not what's going to change our nation. Whether he stands or sits has no relevance to what God is going to do for us. God's not looking to him. He's looking to us. We argue about candidates. We argue about economics. We argue about so many things. You know, Jesus was presented with politics a few times. One in particular when he was given a coin. And they said, they were trying to get him to decide which party he was going to be for. Are you with the Romans or are you with the Israelites? The Romans were oppressing the Israelites at the time. And they had, he said, give me a coin. Whose image is on this coin? They said, Caesar's. He says, give to Caesar's what is Caesar's and give to God what is God's. What he was saying was, that's the world's problem. Why are you talking to me about that? I am here for the kingdom of God. I am here for something completely different. I'm not interested in politics. I have my own politics. My politics involve your soul. My politics involve the church. My politics do way more than economic reform. My politics have much more to do with people being saved than immigration. And today, I'm not even taking a side. I'm not telling you one way is wrong and one way is right. I want to tell you what Jesus said. Give to Caesar what's Caesar's. Give to the government what's the government's. And give to God what is God's. And you belong to God. You belong to him. Humble yourself. Seek his face. Don't look to other things. Don't look to the world. Donald Trump's not going to save you. Hillary Clinton's not going to save you. Gary Johnson's not going to save you. Sorry, I won't, let's go third party too. Just to include the people out there. You know, the 12% of you who are in the third party. Libertarian. Gary Johnson's not going to save you either. Nobody's going to save you. Government policies aren't going to save you. You know, in my world, the other side of the world, They've tried so many things. The government's put in a lot of time and effort and energy trying to change poverty. If they would just read the Bible and realize that the poor will always be with you, they would focus on different things. But, you know, I, I went into a slum in Manila, uh, a horrible place, really, really dirty place. And I go up and I'm trying to just share the love of Jesus, feed some people, lead people to Jesus Christ, and I end up holding this three-year-old little boy. He might have been three. He might have been different. I don't know. He was so small and so skinny that it was hard to tell his age. And he was so malnourished, he ended up actually dying while I was holding him. One of the most heart-wrenching experiences of my life, right there. When I was changed by the Spirit of God because of that experience, I didn't walk out of that, off the, they call it Garbage Mountain, or Smoky Mountain. I didn't walk off that mountain the same as I came in. The point of that story is this. 
The government had tried to move them out, and they came right back. They bought these people houses in a different place, and they came right back. Because the government policies don't work. They don't. They don't do what they're supposed to do. You know, we've had 43 presidents and 90 Miss Americas, and we still have not figured out world peace, and we still haven't solved hunger. Right? You think after all of that, we would have have figured something out. 90 Miss Americas. You think they could have done something. You know, their wave should have more effect on our world. But it doesn't. And we've had 43 presidents, 43 administrations, who have all done their part to change our nation and heal our nation. And it is worse than it was when we started. You know why? It's not their job. It's not their job. It's our job. We're the church. God has told us to be that. He has given us the authority. Us the authority for that. He says, all authority on heaven and earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples. Right? Baptizing them, teaching them everything I have commanded you. He doesn't say go and figure out economic reform and an immigration policy. If that worked, then it would have already been done. We would have been like in a great position right now. But that's not how it is. That's not how he wants it to be. He has a purpose for the church. He has a purpose for us. What is that purpose? That we would humble ourselves. That we would get on our knees, that we would let go of our pride, of our things, of our ideas of what we should be and who we should be, and come to him and seek his face and give up our sins let go of our addictions, let go of our, our things that are holding us back from him, come to him. You know, God loves all of you. Not just all of you individually, but all of you. He knows who you are. You can give him all of your good, all of your bad, all of your sins. You can put it in a bowl and offer it up to him, and it smells good to him. He loves it. He loves it. He doesn't ask you to change yourselves. He just asks you to get on your knees and give it to him. Give your hopelessness to him. Give your problems to him. Give your anger to him. Give your prayers to him. Offer it up. But when you keep going around thinking that you can do everything on your own, like if your vote makes that much of a difference or your opinion makes that much of a difference... It's just pride, guys. It doesn't. You know, I know when the founders of the Constitution put in and the Bill of Rights put in like the f- amendment for free speech, they had no idea that everybody in the world would think that their op- opinion was important and have the ability to communicate it. Right? They had no clue. They had no clue that everybody in the entire world would have an opinion, be able to post it, and then, you know, that's just horrible. They would never have put that amendment in. 
They would have put, you have the right to free speech as long as it's not on Facebook, as long as it's not on social media, as long as you actually care about something important. Because we all care about things that we don't care about. I know that. You don't care about as many things as you do, or as you say you do. I'll be honest, I don't really care as much about, you know, lions getting hunted or those things. They don't really affect my life, and they don't affect the gospel. And if that, God's put that on your heart to raise awareness for, you know, animal cruelty, he doesn't want us to be cruel ever. But not all of us should be focused on condemning somebody because they did something like that. You don't even really care. I know you don't care because you don't even notice when your neighbor is struggling and their family, somebody in their family has died. But on Facebook, you care about everything. Right? Right? That's just not real. Can I just speak plainly to you? Can I just tell you that? If you have a hard time with that, Jody and Ira, and they're all there. I'm not coming back next week, so... They can, you know, they don't have to invite me back. I'm just going to try and tell you something today. I want to speak real to you today. I want to tell you that if you want things to change, if you want things to change in your life, in your family's life, in your neighborhood's life, in your city's life, in this country, what do you have to do? Humble yourself. Get on your face before God, pray, seek his face, turn from your wicked ways. And then what? He will hear you from heaven. You know, God doesn't hear everything we say. Sometimes he doesn't. I know that sounds weird, but he doesn't. There's things that hinder our prayers. There's things that come in the way when we come and pray to God. He, he said that, you know, if you don't help the poor, he doesn't really hear you, the other things you say. If you don't ask with the right motives, then he's not going to answer. If you have this sin and you won't humble yourself, if you come to God in a prideful position, he's not going to do what he could do. But if you humble yourselves, if you let go of your life, if, if you decide that God's way is better than your way and you're sick of doing your way and you want to do God's way, if you don't want to put your trust in government officials and people and you want to start putting your trust in God, the guy who actually made everything, and you get on your face and you repent, he can change everything. He can change the world. He can change your world. He has changed my world. You know, I didn't want to humble myself. He humbled me. He did it for me. It wasn't like a decision I made. He's like, you're going to be humbled now. And I'm going to take away everything from you that matters because you're not going to give it up on your own. I don't want you to struggle. I don't want you to go through pain. But if you do, because he's humbling you, I want that for you. I want you to experience what I experienced in that point because when you do, you will see the miraculous happen. 
You will see amazing things happen. You know, God is healing my nation. I showed you those pictures. God is healing my nation. Because he humbled me. Because he's humbled other people. Not that it's all about me. But because he desires to heal us. And because the authority of Jesus Christ, the power of the gospel, has more power than anything else. It does. Let's go forward. Jesus came to them and said, to the disciples, to the church again, to his people, he said, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations. He has given us so much power. We don't even realize it. We don't realize it. We have no idea the amount of power that we have in the gospel because he's put his spirit inside of us. But it's true. He says he gives us power to trample on snakes and scorpions. That we are to do battle against the rulers and the powers and the authorities of this dark world. That we have the ability to do that. You know, I've seen it. I've seen it. Last month, school started in our place, about a month and a half ago now. And God said, go and pray for the schools. And I said, okay, so let's go get a couple people, and we'll do the, you know, the Christian thing, and we'll all huddle together in our own group outside the schools, and we'll pretend that we're praying for people right? That's what we're going to do. We're going to pray for them. We're not going to let anybody know that we're doing it. We're just going to be our own little group. I kind of wanted to take the, the wimpy way out, the wussy way out. I tend to try and do that a lot. You know, I, I see it in my family also. Sometimes we, we want to take the easy way out. But I get there and God said, no, that's not what I asked you to do. It's not what I asked you to do. He said, I want you to go in and I want you to pray for them. And I walked in and they were in the middle of having their big assembly. And there was thousands of students there. And all the faculty were up on stage, all the teachers, and the principal was stalking. And I walked up the middle, just walked right up. The stage was about this tall. I looked up on the stage, and I interrupted the principal while she was talking. I was being very rude. I was. I was being rude. I didn't have a choice. The people that were with me, they're like, you can't do this. I said, I don't have a choice. I am so much more scared of God than I am of them. The creator of the universe has told me to do something. I can't say no. Who can say no to God? Nobody can say no to God. That's what I've learned. And I walked up and I told the principal, hey, God has told me to come and pray for your school. And I need to share a message with you. And she said, you can't be here. You didn't make an appointment. And I said, no, you don't understand. Jesus Christ sent me here today. And she was livid. She was so mad, but her mouth shut. She couldn't say a word. And even shaking, she handed me the mic. She didn't want to. And the whole time she's glaring at me like, like, I don't know if she's praying to get me off stage. 
She's mad, so mad, but she can't do anything. The authority of Jesus Christ was there. She couldn't do anything. And I got up, I shared the gospel to thousands of kids and to the teachers. And hundreds of them came to Jesus that day. Hundreds, right then. And the staff was crying. I turned around and I prayed for each one of the staff and they came to Jesus. Not all of them. The principal hated me at that moment. But she could not stop me. What can mere mortals do? When God is for you, who can be against you? What can mere mortals do? The authority of Jesus Christ has power. And I couldn't even get out of that place because there were so many people just crowding around me, asking me to pray for them, that they would be healed, that they would be set free. These teenage students... Kids don't do that. And that's compelled by the spirit of the living God. Like, this wasn't my idea. I was going to do the wussy thing. Like, it's true. Like, we started gathering around. Let's just pretend to pray for people. Like, like just do this. We're being spiritual, right? God wanted something. So I humbled myself. I went And he did it. And then guess what? We had four other schools planned to go to. Well, four total. We went to three other ones. And the assemblies were supposed to be over, but they weren't. In each one, they had some delay that stopped them from doing the assembly. The power went out for three hours on the last one. Literally. They couldn't do it until I got there. And in each one, the same thing happened. The same thing happened. And I know a lot of people, they say, oh, well, miracles, they happen over there, right? Miracles happen over there. Why? It's poor. Miracles don't follow poverty. You know that? They don't. And people are like, well, why don't we see miracles here? I don't know, but they don't follow poverty. They follow the name and the message of Jesus Christ. That's when they come. The Spirit is a witness for who Jesus Christ is. The Holy Spirit works when Jesus Christ is mentioned. His whole job is to point people towards the cross, towards the good news of Jesus Christ, towards the message that there is no hope outside of Him. It's such a good message, isn't it? Oh, I love the gospel. I love the message that transformed my life. I just love it. Because it did such a work in me. I was wretched. I was horrible. I was worse than all of you. Like, really, I was. At least in my heart, I was. Maybe you have things going on. But the gospel, the cross can change you. It can restore you. It is salvation to those who are here. It is an amazing message. Can I just encourage you, inspire you to walk in the authority of Jesus Christ, to humble yourselves today, to seek his face, to pray, to let him work. 
to let him do those things, to have hope in the gospel. A lot of times we get into this, this thing where we think that we have to convince people or, or argue things. And you know what? Jody mentioned to me this week that sometimes our job is to tear down everything that presents itself against the gospel of Jesus Christ. And yes, we have to do that. But sometimes it is just proclaiming the gospel. It doesn't need your defense. It is what it is. The word of God does not need you to back it up. It surpasses all wisdom. It surpasses all knowledge. There's nothing that can compare with it. It stands on its own. I don't, I don't think we proclaim the gospel enough. I don't even think I proclaim the gospel enough. I wish I could proclaim it more. I wish I could stand up and proclaim that Jesus Christ is Lord and Savior all the time. I should more than I do. But if we want our nation to be healed, we need to humble ourselves and seek God. We need to humble ourselves. You know, I know a lot of you have brokenness, right? We have hopelessness. I hear all the time, our, our country is going up the creek without a paddle. Our nation is, you know, there's so many expressions. Some of them I can't even say because we're PG rated here, right? I can't use the words that people describe our country as being hopeless. Like, well, we don't even have a candidate. Like, who's going to save us now? Right? We have the, a choice between the worst, worst, and worst. I hear this all the time. You know why? Do you know why we have that choice? God wants us to get to this point. God wants us to get to the point where we humble ourselves, seek him, turn from our wicked ways, and look to him to heal our nation. When we do, he will. He will. He will change lives, one life at a time. When we stop looking to programs to change people and we start looking to the gospel to change people, it does. You know, I feed a lot of kids. We give a lot of medical care to people. You guys are all a part of that. You support what we do. That's not what changes lives. We feed people. We show them the love of Jesus Christ. One, because God told us to. Two, because it introduces the gospel to their lives. It gives us a position to be able to do that. But if we don't share the gospel, it means nothing. It doesn't change anything. I've tried. I've given to people and not proclaimed the good news of Jesus Christ in their lives, and they come back worse than if I had not even given them anything at all. They come back more hungry, more desperate, more hopeless. Because it's not the food that changes them. Even when Jesus was feeding the 5,000, the next day they came back and he said, You're just here for food. Go home. Because unless you want me, it's going to make you worse. It's not going to help you. I am the bread of life. I am the living water. You want to heal our nation? You want God to heal our nation?
You know where it starts? Right here with you and me on our knees. Right here with you and me seeking him. Can we have some worship come up and let's just do that today? Can we do that? Like, I don't want to teach you. I have nothing to teach you anyway. I just want to do this with you. Can we do that? I want you guys to just think of the things that are hopeless in your lives, in your families, in our nation. And right now, I want you to think of all of your inabilities to change those. I want you to pretend like you're putting them in a bowl. All of your good, all of your bad, everything. And I want you to offer them up to God. Can we do that? Can we do that together? Can we get on our knees before God and pray together? That's what I want to do today. Let's do that. That's why I didn't want this podium either. We're going to move it around a couple more times. Oh, God. Thank you, God, for the good news. Thank you that you sent your son to die for us. That in our hopelessness, in our worst moments, when we were your enemies, you came for us. God, we are nothing. We can't change anything. We can't even change our own lives. We can barely change our own clothes. God, we need you. We need you to heal us. We need you to heal our families. We need you to heal our country. Forgive us, Lord. Forgive us for the times where we thought we could do it on our own. Forgive us for all the times when we turn to other things in our lives. When we turn to our addictions, when we turn to our other gods, our false gods, when we turn to our greed, we turn to our comforts, God. Forgive us, Lord. We desire you, and we know that you desire us. You've done all this so that we can be with you. You can be our God, and we can be your people. And we come before you right now as your people. We have nothing to offer. We have nothing to give you. But we praise you. We lift up your name. We bless the name of the Lord. You are glorious. You are the Lamb who is worthy. And today we cry out for all of the brokenness. We cry out for all of the hopelessness, God. Heal our nation. Heal us here in America. Heal us in the Philippines. Heal, heal our world. We turn to you today. You are God. You are the God of the universe, the God who loves us, the God who saves us. The God who brings brokenness so that we can come to you, so that we can turn to you. God, I thank you for our brokenness. I thank you for all of the pain that you've brought us into. 
that we can seek you, that we can see your face, that we can know you, that you can be our comforter, that you can be the great healer. We worship you, Lord. We praise you. We lift our hearts to you. Let us be followers of Jesus who proclaim your good news, who go out into the world and show your love that everyone might see who you are through our love to each other and our love for the world. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, God. Heal us and change us. Make us new. Fill us with your spirit. Help us to walk in the authority of Jesus Christ. To know that nothing can stand against you. No weapon formed against us shall prosper. No power in this world can stand against the living God. That even in your weakness, even in your humility, even when you became man, you became nothing, even nothing to death on the cross, that in that moment, it says you made a public spectacle of the enemy. You embarrassed him in your weakest. Help us to turn to you in your strength and in your glory today and know that you have power over all these things in our lives. We thank you and we praise you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You know what? Just give God a round of applause. He's just so good. He's so amazing. Praise God right now. Just praise his name for who he is, who he was, and who he will be. He is the God who never changes. The God of the universe who came into our lives, breathed his spirit into us, made us new, has redeemed us, restored us, and will restore our land. Thank you, God. Thank you, Lord. We praise your name. In Jesus' name. Go today in this. Live in this. Walk in this. Walk in him. Walk in the hope that is Jesus Christ today. Amen. God bless you. Thank you, Jody.